This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. As the timer counts down, we'll be live soon. I'm just going to post this around online, share it a little bit. Okay, that was weird. What did you do? Nothing. Discord just kicked me for a second. I fixed it. Oh. All right, we are live. So what's up? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. Yeah, so anybody tuning in to the live stream, this is the Cyberpunk Red Deep Dive series. This one is all about the role tech. Um, but before we get into that, um, I want you to just everyone take notice of my special guest I have with me today, my friend D, who is also known as Trends the Tech from the Wandering DM ongoing Cyberpunk Red uh, gameplay series. Uh, that's how we met. But um, but yeah, why don't, uh, before we get into it, why don't you take the mic for a couple minutes and just give people a little breakdown on who you are, uh, your background on gaming a bit maybe, and uh, you know, maybe something about trends and, and other places people can find you playing and, and all that good stuff. All the fun, all the fun, fun spiel. Um, yeah. Well, hey, all. Some of you may know me. Um, I'm at Deirdre Dunlin on Twitter or Proxgorth as me for you. see me around Twitch. Um, and yes, I get to play trends on uh, Wandering DM's uh, Cyberpunk Red game. It is a lot of fun. She is one of my favorite characters and a great thing to have on a Friday night of just mental break. Uh, but I love you can trends, also find by me. the way. Trends is so much fun. You role play her so awesome. But go on. Sorry to she, interrupt. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. I totally understand that. She is she is a kick and a half. And uh, sometimes I don't even know what she's going to do. Uh, <laughs> but as I can also find me doing around doing a bunch of different TTRPGs. I do. I've been streaming TTRPGs online for about ooh, almost three years now. Um, and I do a bunch of things from, um, you can find a bunch on my wandering DMs channel. I've done stuff on other people, you know, you can just randomly find me, check my Twitter. Cause I use, usually post where I'm going to be and all the fun people I get to hang out with. Like, you know, Rob, who's a cool person <laughs> and this is cool to do and I'm all for it. Hell yeah. Um, but yes, I, I like playing games um i like playing a lot of different games i run games i 
freely acknowledge my status is an Artelsorian mega fan, and I can say that freely because Jay isn't here to yell at me for saying such things. <laughs> Not that he would. Um, I love Cyberpunk. I love what they did with the re- uh, new edition for Cyberpunk Red. Um, I've played Cyberpunk. I played first edition Cyberpunk once in the 90s. Um, and then I played Cyberpunk 2020 a couple times and I enjoyed it, but the problem was um, I was moving too frequently. And so I didn't have a steady group oh. and, you know, it's almost always easier to find people play D and D than it is Cyberpunk. Although we could also find people play vampire. Um, then I play, but I also play a lot of, you know, right now on my channel, I'm running a game of Witcher and a game of, Blue Rose. So if you want to know, I play anything and everything and I have fun with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, everybody check it out. Uh, you know, I'll put the links of places you can find her, her channels and such, and probably to Wandering DM if you want to check out that Cyberpunk Red Play in the description when this is done and in the VOD version on our YouTube. So um, be sure after this live stream, if you haven't already, uh, follow us here on Twitch, but also go over to YouTube and look up Cyberpunk Uncensored and subscribe there. We have a lot of cool shit like, you know, tutorials and interviews and just so much gameplay and cool stuff. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Uh, first off, I want, do want to say what's up to everybody that showed up in the chat nice and early. I appreciate that. Quincy and Renegade. I see Wandering DM there and Anino Gaming and uh, uh uh, just everybody coming in early. Um, yeah, and I saw a couple of little questions about, you know, what's the, the craziest tech thing, most outrageous thing you want to build but haven't got a chance yet. Let me add, we're going to get into this and uh, uh, do a deep dive on tech. Um, but when we get to that point, I, I most definitely am going to get into, uh, you know, ideas of builds and concepts and stuff. Um, and we'll take questions from the chat. So if I forget to repeat that one, Quincy, uh, just retype that because um, it's important. You know, I want to make sure chat's involved and we cover everything that we want to talk about as far as tech. But, um, but yeah, before we do this deep dive, I want to mention, uh, you know, I have a complete series of role breakdowns. So we're not going to cover the rollability maker and how that works. If you want to learn about the mechanics of Cyberpunk Red, check out the tutorial series, my crash course on the YouTube. And, uh, you know, you can learn all about the tech. You'll see the, the role ma- and rollability maker breakdown video. Um, this is, you know, more about... Uh, the style side of things, you know what I mean? We're going to talk about the life path options because uh, as you know, Cyberpunk Red has great life path um, options and tables and then it goes into each specific role and then each role has its own like life path options and things and that's what I want to start with and then we'll get into, you know, archetypes, recommended stats and skills um, and then, you know, tech builds and creative thinking and anything the chat wants to contribute. So, um before we start, obviously a tech is a renegade mechanic and you know super tech inventor. Uh, the people who basically make the dark future run is how Cyberpunk Red has it uh, described. And I think that's just well put. Uh, it sounds exactly like it does, which is very powerful um, you know, with the whole inventing thing. And like I said, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But let's start with life path uh, trends. If you want to maybe take the mic here and, and lead us down the life path table route and let's just I don't know, chat about each one. If anybody has anything to add in the chat, go for it. And uh, let's let's see what's up. Oh, sure. We can definitely talk about that. I mean, did you want Chins to show up? Because she's here now. That ain't going away. She ain't oh, yeah. going nowhere. <laughs> also, oh, yeah, full warning, fun. y'all. Trins uh, is, spoiler alert, Trins is a combination of two of my favorite characters of all time um, with a little bit of my own flair and my own realistic. Um, 
Marissa Tomei as Mona Lisa from uh, My Cousin Vinny and Kaylee Fry <laughs> from Firefly. So as repeated frequently, sometimes a bunch of Italians get together, they talk really fast and really loud and a bunch of people don't understand. So if you don't actually understand what Trin says, I'll repeat it and make it nice. easier to understand. <laughs> I love it. She's right. She's definitely um, my style. I talk fast too. So it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, she, so the thing is that life path is one of my favorite parts of building a character for Altel in any Altel Solarian game it is one of the best things that exists. Um, partially because for me, it's really easy as players to get into a rut, to get into what we typecasting, to get into um, becoming, you know, it's like, I have that go-to character, I can always play them, you know, I have pulled this out and I'm great. And it's great. You have that in your back pocket. You can play with that. And sometimes when you're at a, like a con or something, that's an easy thing to pull out. But if you want to have, but sometimes you want to try and do something different. And the best thing about Life Path is it can give you these little nuggets and little things that you're playing with that can help you RP further. And when you think about how they're built into the world and the lore of the world in general, they kind of expand outward from that. So for example, the Life Paths that we're dealing with now are in red, which are from, it's in 2045, right? This is the new edition. It's cyberpunk red. It's 2045. It's no longer 2020. It's 2045. The world has changed. How has the world changed since Johnny dropped a new, may or may not have been the person responsible for nuking Arasaka Towers? I mean... You know that Militech claimed that Arasaka's fault, Arasaka claimed it was Johnny's fault. Nobody knows, and no one's probably ever going to know, unless somebody can manage to get a hold of Mike Pondsmith and, you know, bribe him to tell us. But nobody, he's probably not. But all of these things have changed the world, and so these little life paths are going to tell you these little things have changed the world and how the world is going to change, and how you as a player, your life, the character's life experience has built to this point in this game. And, you know, one of the things that I get when I play with a lot of people who haven't played before is they're like, I, I come and I, I don't know what I'm talking about. What do you mean by backstory? What do you mean by things? I'm like, okay, well, you didn't fully f emerge, fully formed from, a you, you know, an incubator tube five seconds before we started playing. Your character had a life. This is how we start that. And one of the things is you start with thinking about like all the fancy stuff, the earlier life path, all the personal life path, that's beautiful. That gives you, you, you know, ideology, goals, how you grew up, what your personality is like a little bit. But then the role life paths solidify that. You have to start thinking about what kind of, how you as a player and a character interact with this particular role that you have. Now, they, one of the most interesting ones that they put together is you have to start with what you're thinking of the character and I fully say if you're going to play a long-term campaign in Cyberpunk Red or Witcher or any Artel Storian game, but definitely Cyberpunk Red, go ahead and roll on the tables. You know, don't pick, just let it happen, let it roll. Some of the best characters in the world come out of that and it ends up being beauty and you don't it changes how you think. So like 
one of the, the first question they ask almost forces you to think outside the box you know put push yourself a little yes. bit out of that comfort zone and you'll find it's not uncomfortable it actually ends up being a lot of fun in it when it comes to role playing and it just i don't know makes you think of things like like you said different than you might normally think or whatever expect or go in in a certain route and it's a lot of fun but yeah let's dive in so, like I said, one of the first things, the first question they ask you is, what kind of tech are you? And that forces you to think it's like, oh, you're, you are a tech, yes, but you don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. You don't have all of the skills. You don't have all of the abilities. Like, for example, Trins, she's a mechanic. She can fix it. She's got engineering and occasionally she may expand a little bit beyond that. And she's got some understanding of like construction and heavy machinery and some basics of other types of mechanics because of just how long we've been playing and skills that she can adapt. But as a background, she's kind of like a jack of all trades, right? Her father was a mechanic. Her mother was an accountant, but she grew up in this place. Her brother also boosted cars. And so they ran a shop shop. It's fine totally legal it's this it's well no it's not legal at all but it is 2045 and nobody really cares if you're living right outside combat zone if you happen to have appropriated certain vehicles that somebody may have already died so they don't really care all that much right. and then you know but this question of what kind of tech are you are you forces you to think about like yeah i don't have all of the skills i'm i have a really good skills and i'm good at what i do you know but i might be better at say fixing a car then you know perhaps being a major innovator or designing you know the stuff that goes in into mil from militech or iec or any of these you know like i'm gonna trins is not an inventor she's a mechanic and an adapter and a person who fixes things and makes it better and makes it more streamlined, but she's not a person who's going to go, hmm, I wonder if I could do X thing and design, you know, get a thing. She'll design to solve a problem, not because she's dreaming of whatever, you know, whatever. And that's partially back, back to her background. She, she grew up in Night City. She's a child of the Red. You know, you have these limitations. So she grew up as she's officially a jack of all trades, but also has a lot of um, vehicle mechanic kind of in there. Um, she, uh, when I built her originally, we didn't have the full life paths yet. Um, so it there were some questions that we didn't have. Um, yeah, and to explain it to anybody watching the VOD or on the, the live stream... Um, you know, we had a, a advanced copies of Cyberpunk Red from our Talsorian Games. Um, that's what we were playing with on Cyberpunk Uncensored, you know, months ago. That's what Wandering DM was using and Trends, and you know, obviously, uh, that that's what she's referring to. Um, and also, and just just to mention, in case anyone's confused, yeah, all those tech sounds going on. That's from our sponsor, Sirenscape. I just put on the tech workshop uh, sounds while while we're going over the tech roles. So that's that's what all those weird sounds are. But okay, carrying on. Sorry. Yes. Uh, no, no, no. It's entirely okay. I, I can go for a while. Um, the other thing, the other thing is that we. So there were certain questions that we didn't have, but I had kind of figured out were going to be, so I could play with a little bit of these. Um, like the question of partner. 
um, I decided, and that's the second question that they ask, right? It's like, so once you've decided what, once you figured out what kind of tech you are, do you work with someone? Well, first, which the, is important. Well, then it's your, oh yeah, it's, you know, it's your question of do you have a partner or not? Yeah, because then you can go you in two different directions, you know. <laughs> yeah, it goes in two different directions. The tech life path is actually one of the longer ones because it has a couple of these really important questions. Um, and that question of like, do you have a partner is really important because most people will be like, yeah, I'm just a tech, I can do whatever. But it's like, but have you ever actually walked into your mechanics shop and seen them pull a pull your engine out of the car? Okay, your engine in your average American car. 21 is going to weigh a couple hundred pounds minimum if not more now a guy with a lift and a crane theoretically one person could do that it's not safe no mechanic will ever let you do that you need at least two guys one spotting because if the chain breaks and the engine drops and it falls on somebody you're fucked <laughs> oh, I should ask. Am I allowed to curse on this street? Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. So you need so this question of like, do you have a partner or not tells you a lot about how this particular tech is going to work and maybe the limitations that they have, right? Maybe they can't, you know, they might have to have certain equipment to be facilitate certain things that they would otherwise have a person to do. Um, some of it might be, you know, like Tony Stark is the quintessential example of a tech that works alone, right? And he's built around this limitations by things like Dummy and Butterfingers and you, the little, you know, grab hand claws, the other things, other um, AIs that he has to facilitate around the fact that he doesn't have an extra set of hands around. Trins is not Tony Stark. She doesn't got his money. She don't got his, you know papers she doesn't got his support or you know pers- well i mean she has his personality she's a lot nicer than he is and she will actually not be a total dick to you but she when we started this i came up with a theory i came up with the idea that she had a partner in her brother in her support of her brother but when i was rolling the original life path her brother gets her got arrested so it's like okay she had the partner in her brother but her brother's in jail, so now what does she have to do? How does she limit herself? You know, can she go all the way is what she usually does. And then you think about, okay, so she may have had the ability to do certain things at one point, but she can't do those right now. The advantage now of, um, you know, you Amer- uh, advantage now of... Um, where we are in the story and where we've kind of expanded into si- in the game Cyberpunk Red, we're, you know, we are far enough in that, you know, oh, there are other people around. She's rebuilt the garage. There are places that she can do. There are people that she can talk to and get support from. Um, one of which is, uh, if he's still in chat, Anino Gaming plays Jimenez, which is actually Trenz's in- a boyfriend in the game. And it's like, they've you know, kind of helped her. He's helped her refab the apartment building that they're living in. It's actually kind of cool. So that you, yeah, okay. Now you've asked the question: Do you have a partner? Do you work alone? What are your limitations? How are you going to be that? You know, and, are you? And I was, I was going to interject too. Um, okay. Yeah, right and, and before we hit that fork in the road, before you know, you kind of decide if you work alone or if you have a partner, and then you go to those charts. 
um, like you said, Trends was you know jack of all trades, but but leaned heavily on vehicle mechanic. Not that that's multi-classing, but multi-life pathing a bit, or focus more skills towards vehicle stuff. But just to give other examples, like in tech, uh, you yes, know, yeah, there's there's so many different options. Um, like you were saying, it's not so broad, and I think that kind of, like you said, it reminds you like shit. I don't know everything, and I have a lot of room to expand. And I just wanted to briefly mention, it's like cyberware technician, um, you know, small electronics technician, weaponsmith, crazy inventor, um, which sounds like. You know, Quincy's got some questions for a crazy inventor. Um, and then robot and drone mechanic, heavy machinery mechanic, scavenger, and nautical mechanic, which I think is interesting. But yeah, once you get into those specifics, you know, you have that decision, partner or work alone. And then it kind of decides, are you going to the table where you decide what's your workspace like because you don't have a partner or what's your partner like, you know, because you have a partner. But yeah, let's let's check those out. Let's see what the those options continue on. I just wanted to back up and make sure everybody. Oh yeah, you, knew want, those me other be, you want me to be more specific. Oh, I can be more specific. Yeah, yeah. That's I just fine. wanted to, at least to, no, because I want I want you know definitely more information on trends. Okay. Uh, like you're doing. No, no. But uh, but I do want to at least just mention the other options so people yeah, do, know, do see the diversity because it's very impressive. Yes, it's a, okay. So there we go. More things. I can talk more. It's Uh-oh. fine, guys. I'm putting fuel um, on the fire, people. I should warn. I should have warned Rob. There is a thing that exists on the internet when uh, in the summer when I am not doing life other stuff, and I may have streamed with a couple other people that were not doing life other stuff, and we didn't shut up for ten hours. And there's a vod of that. Oh shit. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's on my vods. You can go watch it. It's a lot. Um. But so you get to the question: Do you have a partner or do you work alone? Okay, now it asks you to choose, but I'm always a person. It's like, if you're going to play, if you're going to do Life Path, roll everything, just flip it. You know, flip a coin. It'll be fine. And if you do have a partner, then ask the question, okay, well, who are they? Um, and ask, and it puts some ideas in your head, like, right? Like, are they a family member? Are they an old friend? Are they a possible romantic partner as well? You know, Bonnie and Clyde, this thing all the way. Um, are they your mentor, person that you learned from? I mean, you know, this is 2045, the city's being rebuilt, but that doesn't mean that there's a lot of people around who, you know, a fancy, a fancy education is not for everybody. You can't afford it. You know, they ain't no lot of schools. You ain't no corp. You ain't got none of that shit. So, you know, you might be learning from somebody else. And then, you know, there's the seeker partner with the mob or gang connections always useful they might have stuff you could get or you know the secret partner with corporate connections still useful but possibly are going to control you for the rest of your life because you know that's what the corps do (laughs) you know and then the other question you know i always ask if i have a player or i am playing with someone or if i was getting any of those questions okay do you know that your secret partner has mob connections or corp connections because that could be a gem for a GM. Oh yeah. And even like, okay. and even if, and, and and to be honest, and I'm sure if Wandering DM's still around, he can vouch too. Even if so, it doesn't matter. You know, that's one thing I love about Cyberpunk is it, it can be just as twisted and multifaceted in you know plot twists and depth as you want it to be because it is you know very real world based and dark dystopian future. 
um, which just adds the flavor on top of the real world fucked upness, I guess you you would say, because um, you know everyone's out for themselves. It's corrupt, and like you know, who who the fuck can you really trust? And I think that's a great point. Is like even within these. I don't know, there's dynamics that can really be played with um, on the GM side. Because like you said, a secret partner, that, that's exciting in itself. Because who's it a secret to? You, them, the rest of the team, other people, the public, whatever. And then with mob gang connections or corporate connections. And do you know that? Does the team know that? Is that a public thing? or what? Like there's just so many options there that it's, it can get really deep. I love that. And great point to make. Yeah, I mean, it's a great thing. If you think about it, it's like you're in the middle of a thing. And all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, this guy in corporate. And Corp shows up. It's like, yeah, you you owe me rent. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Why do I know? That's the thing that you'd be great to play with. Yeah. Um, but once you've decided if you've worked alone or if you um, have a partner, uh, then you get the question of workspace. And this is one of my favorite things to think about with the tech build because... Yeah, there's the question that you get later in the in the general build about like where, you know, how much money you have and where you live and, you know, what your crash space looks like. But a tech actually has to have a place to build stuff. So this isn't just where you sleep. This is your actual like workshop. This is how you function. So and it each of these is a little like nugget of itself. So true. And it describes because it's also going to look into, like, the psychology of a person. They have the whole question about, like, how your, you know, what your workspace looks like and how that psychologically can def- be defined by you. I was totally I mean, going to say that. I was going to say how it, like, links to your personality traits and certain things, like, in your psyche. And, like, that's awesome that, that you brought that up. So true. Yeah. So think about it. It's, like, the first one on this is a mess strewn with blueprint paper, Right. This is a person who creates randomly, violently, is designs everything out by hand, and then has it just everywhere. You know, they're just vomiting ideas all over paper, and it's just showing up as they can. And then everything is color-coded, but it's still a nightmare. God, do I feel called out by that. You know, it's like, <laughs> yes, I know ev- there are piles... And I know where everything is in that pile, and I know what everything is in that pile. Don't mess with my piles. It's organized. Now, is that but real no life? Else. Now, are we talking real life? Is this D talking or trends? How, or is this both? How does that? Both. That, that, <laughs> that, that's a both. I do not deny That's funny. That. <laughs> um, totally digital and obsessively backed up every day. We all should be that, but we're not. Who, who actually has digitized their life to that much. I can't, I'm probably never going to, but you know, design and oriented, but that's someone who's, but that's also think about that. That's somebody who's obsessively backing it up every day. That might be somebody who's also concerned about security, right? Oh yeah. You know, how, you know, how secure are your in ideas, your blueprints, all of these things is somebody trying to steal them from you. Are, are you concerned? You know, have you been, have you lost these things before? And it's great tools a GM can put reasoning behind that too, which is fun. Like, okay, they have that. Like you just said, if the player's not leaning into that or seeing it, at least maybe the GM will see that and go, shit, okay, that's how you are. You're constantly backing that up. Uh, let me let me give you some reasons for doing that, you know, and like slides it into a session or two. Some things happen to where it's like, oh, luckily you did back that up, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you design everything on your agent, which is really kind of cool idea. That's basically like designing everything on an iPad 
and then just having it around or verbally. Um, Trinity herself, she has uh, because all of your agents have an AI. She's named her AI. Her name is uh, his. Her AI's name is Benedict, and um, is looks like Hans Gruber from the Die Hard film. <laughs> because why not? Um, <laughs> And, uh, but that also is a thing that, you know, you've kind of given, you, you're like, oh, okay, you, you, are you a person who works alone and your only friend is the AI in your agent? Do you talk out loud? You know, is that, again, a Tony Stark and Jarvis kind of situation, right? You're, you're designing and talking and designing all of these things this way. Or, um... Okay, freely acknowledge this is kind of trends. You keep everything just in case you need it later. <laughs> Waste not, want not. She has found uses for every single bullshit item I have ever taken in this game. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> but see, that, that, that <laughs> leans into the creative thinking, you know, too. Like, that, you know, look, that's kind of how you're playing the character, but you've got the creative thinking to make it, you know, have it make sense, too, which is cool. I mean, um... In the first, in the second, second session? Yeah, second session, because we started, we actually started playing when um, the Jumpstart kit came out. And so, we, the second session, uh, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched the Cyberpunk Red series, go watch it, it's really good. But uh, I'm allowed to say that because I play a character in it, and she's really famous, and she's really cool. Um, but <laughs> the world set sent a bomb, like a suitcase, like a massive box designed to take down the apartment building. Full of C4. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Hey, guess what? I have demolitions. I can do something about that. So I took it apart and then proceeded to store the shit ton of uh, C4 yeah. until later in the series. It's like, thanks, I'll keep that, thank you. Because if you can do it well enough, yeah, okay. Oh, it's, yeah. Then then it's little things like that that you can kind of play with. Um, and then the last one is also a little bit of trends, but this is more me as well. Only you understand your filing system. That's actually not true. My, under, my filing system is understandable, but not everyone would want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a good kind of little ideas, thought processes. Now, Manta, it's not hoarding if you're using them. Hoarding <laughs> is if you just That's keep true. it and you never use it. Yeah, yeah. Ho it's, hoarding's a little more of of a you know men uh, mental illness or whatever you know. Like it's a, a delusional reason of of hoarding. Whereas I feel like. The tech side of it, especially in cyberpunk or you know any role-playing game, is you're you know taking things off enemies, solos, taking weapons, things like that. Like a tech, obviously, take as much shit as you can that you can maybe use to fabricate or invent, or just like like you said, in this sense, not like you had to fabricate or invent, but you took it apart to get the components for further use. Now you have the C4. You know what I mean? So it's I definitely agree. It's less hoarding and more like I don't know, way more tactful. <laughs> Less yeah, it's maybe it's still maybe still messy as hell, like you you know like exactly messy <laughs> as hell, but tactical. But it's yeah. it's that waste not want not. It's the um, again, it's thinking about where you are 
growing, you know, how did your character exist? Where are you in the world? It's 2045. The connections between Night City and the East Coast and the former United States, whatever, they don't aren't really there anymore. Nomads maybe occasionally cross, you know, the, the crossing of the Great Plains and the massive amounts of transportation. You're not getting vast supplies of things anymore. You've just reopened, you know, the corpse have just started, you know, coming in. So now it's like, okay, you were in a space in which you had limited supplies to begin with in 2020, but now it's 25 years later and the fourth corporate war has basically screwed everyone. So, okay, you grew up in Night City. You're not, you're going to find a use for everything that you can. Exactly. Right? Oh yeah, you're, you're repurposing everything. And as a tech, you're not just able to repurpose, but you're going to like, like I said, fabricate. You're going to invent, you know, not just invent, which is reuse, but yeah, like it's everything. You're desperate. You can't just run to the store and get things as you need it. And that includes little things like whether you need wires or screws or whatever, you know, like sometimes that shit won't even be readily available because there's not big, you know, uh, warehouses and places manufacturing this shit anymore regularly. So, um, yeah, great point. Like there's definitely a lot of that. The whole point of the scavers. You know, the scavengers yeah. being out there and reclaimers and people and, you know, just trying to, to get anything you can to survive. Exactly. Exactly. But then that leads into the question. Okay, so you're a tech, you have a place, you know what you do. But who pays you, right? At the end of the day, a tech, the difference between a tech, for my mind, a tech and a pure inventor is a pure inventor just wants to design things something because they can, right? A tech does that, but also is like, dude, I need to get paid, right? This is a way I can live in Nice City in 2045 and, you know, eat something better than shit. Maybe occasionally have a real food meal, but, you know, maybe MREs, which are still somehow better than kibble. Just throwing that out there. That MREs are better than kibble. That tells you a lot. Yeah. Also tells you a lot about who wrote the book and the original creation of, like, and who Mike Pondsmith was that... He was like, I'm going, make, I'm going to design something worse, worse than MREs. Than MREs yeah. <laughs> um, so then the question is, okay, who, who's buying from you? Who are you supplying? Where, where are you going? So that's like the next table. Okay. So the local fixers send you clients. Okay, well, that means that you're known enough to the fixes that you do good work. They have good recommendation. It's word of mouth. Your reputation is good. You have to have a good reputation, otherwise the fix ain't going to talk to you. Um, and you're not caring so much about who your clients are if a fix is recommending them, right? You're not going to necessarily ask questions about the guy who comes up to you and says, Hey, can you design me a, you know, a way in which I can put this RPG and get it through security in my arm? You're not going to care about that. You're you're gonna care about the paycheck and when it comes. Cash on delivery or upfront, half upfront, half on delivery. These are things you're gonna be thinking about. Um local gangers who also protect the your area or home, you know, that's working within the neighborhood at which you did. When I created trends, her background story was that. Like that was her backstory, and then 
things happened with her ex Santino that meant that that backstory <laughs> that changed. Her her main clientele had to change because she um, had a bad breakup, possibly. Okay, look, he torched. He had his guys torch her shop. It was, we can call that a bad breakup, but it was complicated and there's a lot of things that happened. Um, so you end up with this situation. It's like, okay, so that's a, I'm also going to draw on the fact that yes, my family is Sicilian. It's fine. We're good. Um, but if you've ever seen if you've ever seen a mob movie, preferably The Godfather, but odds are you've probably also seen a Scorsese. Personally, I'm of the opinion the, the main difference between Scor- The Godfather and any Scorsese mob movie is The Godfather at least is about Michael's fall and how this is not a good life and doesn't idealize the mob to an extreme and some of Scor- Scorsese's stuff is just like, okay... I see you, Casino. I see you, Goodfellas. The yeah. Sopranos. If you've ever seen The Sopranos, yeah. Yeah, please. Quincy was saying. Yeah, I'll pick that up. Yeah, and I, and, I, um, and I do want to mention, too, like you said about changing trends, like some things can change in your life path as uh, life path as you play the game and as it progresses. And that is just, to me, that's one big thing about, especially cyberpunk, is, uh, you know, nothing is permanent. You know, just like I was saying, like, things can change and, you know, plots can have twists and be multifaceted. And any good GM with Cyberpunk is going to do that. They're going to be able to multitask in their head and in the game and the campaigns and plots. But, um, yeah, life path. Uh, don't even stress it if certain certain things aren't, aren't the way you want because you can always, you know, kill that or quit that company or double cross that. or you, know, there, you, you always have options and things can change at the drop of a hat because, you know, nothing is permanent. So that was exactly. a, good, that's a good point to make. Permanence doesn't but, exist. But yeah, back to your main clients. I think we're on number so, three. So yeah, so yeah, so it was my point with the mob thing was, if you've ever seen a mob movie or The Sopranos, the local gangs who protect your area, those are mobsters, right? They're coming in. They want. They're gonna give you protection, but they want something in return. You're providing them a service. Odds are they're not paying full rate, guys. <laughs> Throwing that out there. Um, so you'd probably want to find someone else to help. Um, corporate exists execs who use you for a black pro- black project work ooh what is that that tells you number one that you're on the phone book of a couple of corporate execs number two you're working off the books which means they're not going to actually acknowledge you after the fact and you might want to put some protections into your work so it doesn't end up being used against you in the future because yeah, you know they don't, they don't want to be attached if something goes south, you know. So like you're doing their black project work. So like like you said, they're not they're not going to be there for you if shit, you know, hits the fan. <laughs> yep. Uh, local solos or other combat types who use you for weapons upkeep. Those would be people that you could maybe give a call if you needed assistance, right? Like something goes a little wrong. I maybe know a guy who has a really big gun and they'll be really good and friendly and possibly not screw me because right. I do their work on them, you know, weapons and they rely on those. Um, nomads or fi- and fixers who bring you found tech to repair. Found being in quotation marks. Everything is found. <laughs> Possession is nine tenths of the law, people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I feel like that uh, one's similar to the one before, like you said, like it. It kind of almost opens the doors in a way to where, like, 
I don't know, they're NPCs maybe possibly slightly on your side in a sense, like fellow edge runners, but maybe not directly on your team, but since you do weapon repairs for that solo, or you do things for that nomad or that fixer for their found tech, uh, maybe once in a while you can call on them for help or something, and they like and like you said, they won't screw you over because you, you help, you know, you do shit for them sometimes, so... Um, I feel like those two are kind of hand-in-hand hand with that. I like that. And then the last one is you work for yourself and sell what you invent or repair. And that um, ended up... Basically ended up being where Trins is right now. Um, she was, uh, y- you know, kind of based on where she is. She does a lot of the work for herself. Um, but Trins is also a character who will, the minute she meets you evaluate you and decide she likes people, she wants to be helpful and friendly, and so she will walk up to somebody and say, did you know that your cyber site is like off by 0.3 centimeters? I can fix that for you. You want me to fix that for you? I will totally fix that for you. Can I fix it for you now? Because it's really bothering me. Like, it's not professional. Did you... Who did you get this work from? It's not good. I, And basically, she builds a reputation that way. Um... So that would be a way in which you develop and change. Um, and that's a good thing to think about. Like you were saying, is like nothing is permanent. Everything changes. Yeah. Um, but part of the question of that... So once you know who you're working for, and, that kind and, of leads... And angles, too. Like it sounds like, yeah. you know, maybe you didn't change that. Like, you know, in that sense, like you're working for yourself and you sell what you invent or repair or whatever. But if you use that creatively, like, okay, cool, that's what I do, I do it for myself, I just do gigs or whatever, but think outside the box, like like Trins would do, like, uh, hey, I noticed that, like, let me fix that for you, let me, do, did you know that's a little bit off, and like, you know, and it's a way to kind of, I don't know, use that sort of, uh, you know, you're doing it yourself sort of thing in a way that also incorporates a different option that you might have had, which is being hired by other people or working with other people because you thought of a way to angle that outside the box, even though you're by yourself. And it's, it's just creative thinking. I think that's great. Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, all of these are to give you ideas and make you think creatively or outside the box. Yeah. Um, so then it gets to where did you get your supplies, which is always a great one. And the answer for trends is um, anywhere she goddamn can. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, a couple of these are really, really good, you know scavenge the wreckage you find in an abandoned city zones so like you're going in and think about that it's like you're intentionally going into combat zones or places that are so irradiated by the red that no one can live there and just taking shit apart you know you're stripping things out and you know taking what you can um carrying things off you know do you strip the gear from bodies after firefights so here's a question. How close are you to that firefight when you're waiting around right. to strip those bodies of their gear, right? Oh, yeah. That, 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 that's a much, mentality how, right there. How much time are you spending after that risking a GM thinking of, you know, the district PD showing up or backup for whoever you just killed or whoever is associated with that body or, you know, there's all kinds of things that can come into play. <laughs> Exactly. Um, you have a fixer bring you supplies in exchange for repair work. 
Okay, that's a, you're not leaving, you know, do you have a bunker and you don't leave your bunker and only the guys you know have the secret code word? It's like Johnny sent me. And then you come in the back door and it's like these door and they bring you stuff. And because that would be really cool. Like, think about it. It's like, then you don't actually have to go out and do anything yeah. and you just know people and they bring you shit. That'd be cool. <laughs> Almost like today when people order shit off Amazon and, uh, you know, you don't have to go it anywhere. It suddenly appears. You, yeah, you know. Um, corporate execs that supply you st with stuff in exchange for your services. I would feel that you're slightly more high class in that case if a corporate exec is willing to actually publicly supply you. Maybe oh, yeah. not fully like... publicly, but enough but enough that they you might even be on like an invoice. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say it sounds a little more legit, like more oh, not I wouldn't say 9 to 5, but you're definitely like, you know, one of their established contract workers or whatever. Like you said, you might actually get an invoice. You might uh, be invited to like the company holiday big event party or some weird thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's like going back to my previous understanding of trends. Don't go to the holiday party because that's when the creepy, creepy the guys from East Germany show up with really big guns and they're gonna shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> all to rob the all to rob the place. It's fine. Um. And uh, you have a back door into a few corporate warehouses. Okay, so you rob. Corp warehouses. A. Do you do this alone? I would ask that question right away. You know, what's the security on these? Like, you have a back door. That's great. But do you trust the guy? You know, are you bribing the security that's there? Or do you have, like, a real back door? Or that'd be really mm -hmm. cool to know. And it kinda, um, the kind of fun thing with that, too, a uh, thing I want to point out is some of these life path things, like the supplies or you know, maybe where you, you know, what you do for money or who's hiring you, whether that's played in into the actual game, like you and your team are role playing those things out with the GM, or some of these things can be slid into that, that hustle. Cause we know in cyberpunk red, uh, during downtime weeks where you're not having to spend it healing or doing particular therapy or things. If you have that week, you can spend it and you roll on that hustle table, which anybody interested, I have that crash course tutorial on Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube that explains about, you know, how to make money and stuff. But, um, but you know, some of these things can be used as that. Like a GM can, uh, you know, you do your hustle, you're, you know, depending on what you made or where it ends up, you can pull in some of this stuff uh, from the life path and have it make sense. That's pretty cool. Hey, what's up? I see Gonzo just entered the chat. Hey, Rob. Hey, Trends. That's our, that's he plays Coupler, our tech in my uh, Wednesdays, my weekly ongoing. We're on like season three, session twenty something now. Um, ah, yeah, that's, that's good. Gonzo plays uh, Coupler, so that's cool. We got we got a couple techs in the house. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, moving on, moving on to the uh, no, no, no. Uh, and the last one, of course, is you hit the Night City Mark Unite Markets and you scare scare what you can. I mean, like I said. That means you have to be able to negotiate and have balance and be personable or no occasionally no fixer. Exactly. Or be intimidating, God damn it. <laughs> so you can put that face off. Which is hilarious. And if you have watched any of this season of Cyberpunk Red, um, we began with Trins attempting to be intimidating and she won the face off mechanically. <laughs> But that didn't really help a lot of people ever believe that she's actually intimidating. Um, yeah. Oh, she was quick talking the person, you know, that's what it was. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the question that comes out of every single cyberpunk character, you have to think about this, is who is gunning for you? 
right? Because at the end of the day, you are in Night City, it's 2045, nobody does everything for everybody. And even Trent, who is a nice person and believes that people are really fundamentally nice and wants to be polite to them, understands that there are schmucks in existence. And that there are people that are rude. Um, she just doesn't judge you for that when she first meets you. Um... So there are people who will always be out there after you. And if you're a tech and you can provide this kind of service, right? Like you have skills that people will need to survive in this world. There, you're going to piss somebody off. Or there's going to be somebody who really wants something that you have. So combat zone gangers who want you to work for them exclusively. I was to say that that's not always a good thing. You would want to avoid those dudes because they don't pay that well and they're kind of creepy. Um, a rival tech trying to steal your customers. Now that's that's kind of mean. Like you should work together, equal opportunity. I can't do everything. You can't do everything. Okay, fine, but we'll make things work. <laughs> um, corporates who want you to work for them exclusively same problem with the with the combat zone gangers you know on one side the corpse who are, don't ever sign your life away if you work for them you will have signed your life away too much um a I large feel, I feel like any i feel like any of the ones where it's like you know they want that exclusively it leans into like shit okay there's potential to be kidnapped or bribed or ransom over family or something like it's yeah, they, they really like you enough that they, they know you're talented. They want your services. They want, but it's almost like an obsessive or like they want it so bad it's like exclusive and like, I don't know. It just, there's always like a level of paranoia there, you know, when you hear that yeah, word. Yeah, there's a level of paranoia <laughs> there. And Which at is some great. point, well, yeah, but this also is like, okay, kidnapping, but it's also, is there a point in which your value, it's better just to remove you from the table because That's they true. don't want anyone else to have you either? Yeah, yeah. So that gets. <laughs> dark but you know whatever welcome to cyberpunk um uh they have a large manufacturer trying to bring you down because they're your mods are a threat i mean i feel like that might eventually if trends started marketing more that might be a problem for her because <laughs> she does that um an old client who thinks you screwed them over did you actually screw them over or did they just perceive it as that or they high as fuck and don't actually know what the truth is. Right. Who knows? Now, I like Welcome that they use the word thinks. You know, a GM, exactly. GM can use that. Like you just kind of suggested. Like it can have multi-layers to that. You know, like where you think they they think they screwed you over. But that can suggest that maybe at one point there's a hire or something that helps you plant evidence that furthers that client thinking that and reveals the fact that they had no leg to stand on thinking that. And now you just provided that evidence by being hired later. Like there can be some great plot twists that almost put the the uh, the cart before the horse so, so to speak when I, when i hear that it's fun mm-hmm. hopefully that made sense oh yeah no no, no it does <laughs> it totally makes sense um and then the last is the rival tech trying to beat you out for resources and parts yes there is a finite scarcity of available parts welcome to cyberpunk red you do not have everything and it's going to be a problem you know? Oh, yeah. Which will be a thing. But that, you know, I mean, those are the major life paths for the tech. 
Exactly. Um, and you can see it really gives lots of great options to role play with. And like I said, gives, you know, not just the player ideas to work with and, uh, you know, get outside your comfort zone, be creative in the way that you use it and stuff. But it also gives the GM things to use, you know, just like, you know, you, you know, and everyone knows, like GMs always pull things from the life path to incorporate into campaigns and sessions and such. But, um, but that's the great thing about Cyberpunk Red is you have these individual role life path charts that happen that can really allow you to um, not just pull in general life path things, but like specific to that style of uh, role, which can really give the GM options to direct sessions and campaigns to certain type of gameplay. You know, whether you want it to be net running heavy or tech heavy or combat heavy or whatever, you, you have such great options here. And I love that about Cyberpunk Red. But um, but yeah, I think we, we, we definitely did a nice deep dive here on the life path uh, part. I'd like to talk a little bit about archetypes, um, you know, the ways of playing this. Um, you know, for, for me, and, and I want to get into some specifics or creative ways to do it, but there's just two that always come to mind. And uh, you mentioned one earlier. Um, for me, it's obviously Tony Stark. You know, the, the, Iron, the Iron Man uh, himself is like the, the ultimate tech in the sense of also being a hero. You know, and you can almost imagine what stats and skills he have has to balance that. Because, yeah, he uses tech to his favor. Very Batman-like in, in that sense, you know. It's not like he has powers and such. But, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's this sort of, like, hero side to tech. A more organized, a more um, sharper and, you know, of a high cool stat. Um, you know, he just has that vibe to him and that look to him. Where comparatively, the other one I love mentioning is obviously Doc Brown, Back to the Future, which is the more like messy hair and chaotic, but still the inventor side, you know, but messy workshop, maybe not a lot of money, you know, but, um, but I don't know, just like the opposite end of the spectrum, but just as powerful, just as creative, just without maybe the cool, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, but those are the two I love referencing when I think of text. Those are the first two that come to mind. Um, are there any others that, you know, both chat and that you can think of movie-wise or reference comic book? Any type of example? Well, here's, here's the interesting thing. Both of those on opposite ends of the spectrum are an example of a specific type of tech within cyberpunk, right? They're an inventive tech. They're the ones who are inventing, let's be honest, inventing because they can and they want to and they make and they enjoy it. Um, a little bit to solve a problem, but mostly pure invention for both Tony Stark and uh, Doc Brown, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, inventing the arc reactor is to save his life, but making iron the Iron Man suit is because Tony Stark can. Ultron is because Tony Stark didn't have somebody stand over his head with a plate and just go, no, stop. <laughs> That's the problem. But then you end up but there are other, these, then the others, you know, uh, a couple people in chat throwing out like Whistler from Blade, yeah. Q from uh, Bond, Bond, you know, Ray Palmer from Arrow. But, but all of the, you know, then there are the people like what Trins is and a couple other people is like, they're a tech who's not necessarily an inventor for invention's sake, but an engineer. Right, and I'm making that distinction slightly because Tony Stark occasionally presents as an engineer, but he's really more of an inventor. Um, they are inventing specifically to fix a particular problem, like, um, or they're working to streamline a f uh, something because they don't have the parts for it. Um, 
you know, they have... <laughs> Manto's correct. Duct tape will fix everything. Duct tape and WD-40. What do I need? Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> um, but there... So you have... you, And that's the great thing about the Cyberpunk Red Tech is you can do that spectrum of inventor tech, but you can also be on the other side of the axis, the the modifier, like, right? Um, and one of my favorite techs is <clears throat> Angus MacGyver. Yes, I do know his first name. Yes, I did actually watch the series in the 80s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the new series is actually really good, too. Um, and my uh, Trins' personal hero, B.A. Barakis. <laughs> I saw that. Renegade putting that in there. And I also yeah, saw he- Gonzo, who plays Coupler, our, our tech saying Coupler's a jack of all trades, master of none. But I will say, you know, he's creative. With, he's always there to help repair things and use tech skills. But, uh, but, you, but Coupler has been really good at inventing. I'll say, even though it might not have been a life path sort of thing, just the way that Eric, as a player plays the character coupler um he's a creative thinker he's good at coming up with you know inventing things he's invented ammo and ways that weapons can work and new things and a new tool that can also be a weapon it's all these great things and he's good at kind of doing a little bit of my job in the sense that he'll come to me with hey i invented this and i've made it balanced in this way like it can't do this because of this and that to me seems fair and i'm like fuck like uh i don't know great role player but uh, but really creative thinking as far as with a uh, coupler as a tech i almost feel like a uh, you know, yeah, jack of all trades, master of none. But I, I would say he's, you, you've been a great inventor. You've had Coupler come up with some good things and make them balanced uh, very well, which is cool. And that's hard in Cyberpunk Red because um, it's t- tech can be powerful as an inventor. It can quickly, you know, fuck up the the balance. You know, that's why um, I think it was uh, James Hutt was talking about balance when we did the tech uh, talk in, in one of his interviews. I've had him on numerous times on the show uh, for different series, but about them not being able to change, you know, even though you can alter and upgrade weapons, you can't change the rate of fire. Um, you know, it could really throw things off quickly, and he recommends that, and they talk about certain things. Um, so, yeah, it can, they can be really powerful. It's dangerous. It can throw things off. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Like with trends, uh, you know, and, and other ones that maybe aren't mentioned as much, um, yeah. there, there's a great supporting factor to that being an engineer and being there to fix shit when it's needed or upgrade or move things around. It doesn't always have to be inventing, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. Trins, for her, she doesn't invent. Well, I, I, no, she's an engineer. She doesn't invent things. Um, and she doesn't market things. She looks at a problem and fixes it. And she might have, like, ooh, I have an idea to make this even better. I can make it go to 11. She will make it go to 11. Um, but for example, like, so she's not okay, in, she's not, uh, in maybe inventing, but she's, you know, I don't know, making it better, like rein, reinventing the wheel, so to speak, or whatever, I guess, you know, you're taking, you what know, is. streamlining it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Making what it is. But she also is a person who most of those instances come in the middle of combat <laughs> for her. Cause she doesn't, under pressure. she doesn't, have, she, she works really well under pressure. She doesn't have a gun. Um, her main weapon, okay, this this sums up trends. Her primary weapon is a comically large wrench. And yes, it has to be stated that way because when it's four and a half feet tall and she's only five foot four. Hell yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's a comically large wrench. Um, she, but she's like, okay, we're fighting 
a bad guy who happened, yeah, Wrenchy, who happens to have uh, an arrow car, and they were shooting at a bunch of people, and I had a car, and then they were, but our nomad was on a um, bike, and there was the arrow car, and she couldn't get away, and so all of these things, it's like, you know, I have a pocket of C4, I have a fire extinguisher, and I have duct tape. <laughs> Would you like to see what a homemade rocket-propelled grenade can do? I missed the roll by one to blow up the damn arrow car. Oh. <laughs> but, hey, I fire, you, you fire, but it's little things like that, okay? That's what oh, she's yeah. doing. She's like, I'm not making something that eventually I'm going to sell. I'm making something to make my life better, make other people I know's personal life better. And each, for her, each of those things is very personal and very within the space. So again, oh, it's like, in the moment too. Like you know, like you yeah. said, you're you're getting through a situation. You're like in it, and it's like that mm -hmm. quick creative thinking. Yes, exactly. It's um, <laughs> yeah, renegade. I didn't have any luck to spend at the time. No luck. Uh, I didn't. I had I had spent all of my luck on the earlier roll um for that moment, um, which was fine. Um. But like, you know, you've got, you've got, I, and I think that's the difference. I think there's a space that you can have for those kind of grease monkey moments, like MacGyver or the original A-Team, go watch the series. You will come back and thank me later because you just need to know what happens when a plan comes together um, <laughs> and how great that is. Um you know, you, you look at, like, character, you know, like, and, and for me, I grew up watching a lot of these things and being like, okay, whatever. I'm also unique because I grew up, for me, and this is a lot of the things I use when I think about for trends, is I grew up a military brat in the United States Coast Guard, frequently referred to the redheaded stepchild of the American military force. <laughs> if you want proof of this, I would like to introduce you to a little thing called the USS Campbell which was one of the first Coast Guard cutters cre uh, created in the uh, 1939 was, or 40. Um, it was 327 feet at launch. It then becomes involved in a little thing called the Battle of the Atlantic, um, which is when the U-boats start blockading Britain and the Americans who are still trying to trade with Europe and Britain can't really get into it. So, Coast Guard Cutter was providing, Coast Guard Cutters are providing uh, security for these convoys going to Britain. And off the coast of, in the North Sea at night, I would like to put this out there, off the coast of the North Sea at night, the Campbell comes across a U-boat. They've lost, they no longer have any of their depth charges. They are securing this convoy so what do the brilliant individuals who are in charge of this ship do they ram the u-boat nice. <laughs> and sink it very right. effective they did <laughs> yeah. but they then come to dock and the response is well we can't afford to do anything because you've rammed your ship into a u-boat and that's gonna fuck up your ship but it's the middle, the war is now officially on, we can't have you not be part of this, so we're just gonna fold it in the front of it and tack it together. So it was the only <laughs> 325, 327 foot cutter that was 290 feet long, 290 feet long,
And that vessel served from the 1940s until 1968 from the United wow. States Coast Guard. <laughs> they didn't decommission. One That's of my uh, one of my dad's best friends served, um, you know, went to the academy, uh, did a tour, uh, did one of his Coast Guard Academy uh, cruises on the Campbell and found the notation of his father serving on the Campbell, you know, in the 40s. It's crazy. <laughs> so if you have to be, you know, you don't get money, you don't get refunded. This is what the world is going to be like. You need to think about these things creatively. And sometimes you'll be like, I can't necessarily sell this particular thing that I'm making, but I can sit there and go, okay, so the Ripper dock on the eighth floor is flooding the hallway every time he does something because there's no drain in his apartments because it's blood coming out the way. I don't like that. It's messed. I don't deal with it. I'll put a drain in there. I'll figure out some way to do this. Uh, you know, you want, sometimes those are the most fun creatures to play. Um, oh, yeah. No, I think uh, um, the other thing too, like when it comes to the archetypes, this is something I don't see a lot of with players. Um, kind of putting almost the way play play the player the way a GM is playing the game and by that I mean you know when I lay out a game and I mean you know coupler can vouch anybody that's played with me in my one shots or done things I always you know will lay out a campaign I keep it completely open world there'll be plenty of story arcs and opportunities to kind of go on different tangents if you want to pursue different things that are happening I'll put random phone calls things are going on and then every plot everything that you have typically I'll have different layers and levels to that plot and twists involved that I can always call upon depending on what's happening just to make sure that nothing ends up just fucking easy and stupid and just one thing and it's you know it's cyberpunk it needs to like I said be have a lot of depth to it and a lot of options or whatever be very close to the real world but even darker and more fucked up but um but that being said I feel like players when you do that especially as a tech deciding are you pro-corp or anti-corp pro-gang anti-gang in the sense of you know, good guy, bad guy, like we said in the life path, um, you know, whether that's who is hiring you or where you're making your income or where you're sourcing material, I feel there's lots of opportunity to be just as twisted and in, I don't know, uh, have your own plot twists within that player character. So like maybe when you're doing things for a corp, the same way that like corpse gangs, things will rip you off, set you up, set you up, do things. Maybe you can work with somebody to set them up reverse you know things a bit like maybe you do a job but it's invented or fabricated in a way to where it benefits you at a later date or opens a door here or does something there to where you can further do something to advance yourself and it doesn't necessarily have to be financial but just looking at it in a way to where not everything has to be cut and dry for the player as well because a player will spend a lot of time trying to fix the problems that a GM will throw at them because it's very much part of the GM's job to provide problems and, you know, forks and roads and things and choices and all that shit. But I feel the player can give it back just as much sometimes. And, I, and, and a tech can definitely do that with the, the ability to invent and fabricate and the power that's behind that. Um, they can invent things that maybe do this at face value, but do this for them that no one else knows about, you know? And there's things to, to, to do with that. As well as teaming up with Netrunners and thinking outside the box. I talk about this in the Netrunner deep dive and in other videos I've put out about let's do a Netrun and different breakdowns and working with techs. I uh, mean, Coupler did a, a thing about techs where we talk about it as well. But thinking outside the box when, when you invent and fabricate, because it's a great way to grab anything from 2020 and other things, if you can think about it, just make it balance, work with your GM 
them, it can be there. But working with Netrunners and other roles to combine forces to create things, working on different programs and systems to maybe make them portable in a backpack or in the drone itself to where you don't have to be within six meters of the system, you have to be within six meters of the drone to go anywhere and do things or the van where you have the portable system. And we've worked this in our game playing things. I've been creative with options and things and so have our players. But like I said, I don't see a lot of players pushing it that fucking far and, and really, you know, utilizing it fully yet. And I know it's, it, it, it does walk the line of balance and unbalance and sometimes, you know, it can, it can be a little weird. But, um, but I, I love when I do see players doing that. It's not to say that all of them don't, but I love when players do think outside the box, get creative thinking with it and, um, and uh, you know, put, I don't know, layers to the way that they do it. I think it's, it's really interesting. And you're great at that. I think Trends does a lot of that. Like we said, in, in the heat of a moment, fast think, creative thinking. It, it's, it's, it, not everybody is good at that shit, you know, and, and it, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things is, you know, stop and think, you know, for me, it's it's great because I have a lot of background in, I worked for a mechanic when I was in, um, for a while, uh, learned a lot <laughs> from that, uh, learned a lot about what I can't do and what I should call a professional for, um, but that also meant that I learned a lot of things that are possible and um, thinking about that that way. Um, but one of the things you can, you know, not everyone has a science degree, and that's fine. Um, you can think about how that at the base, a tech is taking the physical things that are there and fixing a problem that exists. And some of those might be a little bit more, you can be a little bit more advantageous with them and are a little bit more push with them. Um, some of them are a little bit more, you know, thinking about other players that you have at the table, right? Like, what are you, what are your you know, your other members of your party, what are your other red runners that you're playing with? How are you interacting with them? Right. What does your, so for example, our nomad runs, rides bike. She's a, she, she's a motorcycle nomad. She, her primary mode of transportation is a motorcycle. This is what she chose. So I was like, okay, she gets shot at. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the problem. So we uh, rigged it. So I bought a. Uh, whoop! Did I freeze? Uh, just for a split second. I, we can hear you though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. So I bought an SUV, ripped out the guts on the inside, and figured out a way to. And had my my DM gave me DVs, and I designed you know designed a way to have her basically uh, Voltron park her motorcycle inside the uh, truck so that she oh, would yeah. have armor plating and have a place to escape if you needed to. I mean, but, th but think about those like kind of things when you're playing with other players. It's like, oh, well, I've got this, y you know, what are the other players that are doing? What are, how are they yeah, how working with you, the... How can you combine you know, uh, talents and think outside the box to do things that you couldn't do on your own and they couldn't do on their own. You know, I think exactly. that's, that's great. My team spicy, you know, I do team nameless is my, my ongoing Wednesday where coupler and all of them are from that I've been mentioning. But a month or so ago, I had a team spicy. We we called it. That, that was my other weekly. Uh, they couldn't continue on and play. We only had a handful of sessions with the official red, but, uh, but he, the solo had a, a road bike and thought, and they had a van and they, uh, uh, paid a tech and he thought outside the box in creative way to ride the bike up to the side 
up onto this thing that would hook it and then it would just slide up onto the roof so the bike could be flat on the side since the shape of it, it couldn't fit inside. They didn't want to take up space. If it was on the side, it'd be too wide, but on the top it would work and still fit, you know, under overpasses. But I don't know, just the creativeness of just, you could ride right up the side, hook it, and it would slide up in, and then you could drop down into the, uh, through mm-hmm. a sky window. And I don't know, it was just really, really fun when you, when you start thinking yeah, exactly. outside the box and get creative. It can really be, you know, a lot of fun, really exciting. <laughs> Exactly. Have fun with it and do random shit. I mean, like, Trins does crazy-ass shit when I think that's, like, be like, I don't know half of, I'll be honest, I don't know half the stuff that's coming out of her mouth half the time. It'd be like, oh, okay, so we've got a couple laptop computers. Great, I'm gonna have an EMP, because that is one of my favorite underutilized portions of the maker aspect of the tech is the jury rig one round for one item yes it's fun uh but yeah so i see a couple are saying in their two gonzo saying tech strength is filling the weakness filling the weaknesses or uh what the rest of the team lacks i mean it's kind of true i do think it has to be very creative thinking to like, you know, whether you're fixing things, upgrading, or just getting out of a sticky situation using some of those because you are the um, the creative thinker within the mechanics happening in the game. Because, you know, let's not get it wrong. All players are creative thinkers. Everyone's trying to solve problems and be involved in the gameplay. But I do agree, agree that a tech's strength is definitely leaning within that. Yeah, and I agree with uh, Gonzo that a tech really is, um, to use a term from the other type of RPG that a lot of people play is a a tech is a support caster, right? A a tech is truly a supportive role. Um, They're not going to have the best stats to shoot something. They're not going to have the best... The way tech is and how advanced and how you have to invest in it, they're a support supporter. They're going to be focused on that. They're really going to be built to aid in uh, development of other players um, how other players want to play, how other players want to do. Uh, let's, let's get into that a little bit. You know, I feel like yeah. we, we dabbled in the archetypes. And, and that's not to say, you know, anybody in chat, by all means, anything we talked about throughout the entire deep dive, if you want to drop a, a, an idea, a question, whatever, we can always backtrack. I want anything about tech, I'll talk about. In fact, anything about fucking cyberpunk, I'll talk about all fucking day, you know. But, um, you know, don't feel like just because we're moving on in sections of this episode that you can't you know, bring back something if you had something to mention or a question. But uh, but let's get into recommended stats and then skills um, mm-hmm. for, for a tech. And, you know, generally rec- recommended ones and then ideas to, to play those out or, or, I don't know, options within. Like for me, obviously, I think we both agree, like you just said, it's you're starting with your tech stat. I mean, obviously. Yeah, you're starting <laughs> with, you're, you're starting, you're going to, st- yes, you're starting with your tech stat. You're going to put um, a lot into that if you're a tech. Yeah, you're gonna put a lot into that. Um, I we went full at it, um, which is was great, and we ended up doing it. I'm just pulling up Trins' sheet now, so I have. Yeah, for me, me, I like yeah. As you pull that up, I want to mention like for me, my recommended stats for a tech are obviously number one tech. It's gonna have all the skills that you need to be the best tech that you can be, obviously. But for me, intellect or intelligence, whatever the int, however you want to say that is. Uh, but that, it, it for me, is kind of my second recommended because of the skills that can play into that, which can help as a tech general role playing, general team helping like deduction and shit like that, and just 
you know, general knowledge can come into play, but when it comes to dissecting what you might need to repair or build or extract or do just as a tech, it's kind of good to have deduction. I think that's an underestimated skill and, um, and it, you know, and anything that has to do with intelligence or intellect. Um, and then my secondary would be, you know, as a tech, because of what you're doing, you're always just on the spot. Like you said, trends, you're in the heat of the moment and you just got to quickly get the team out of a sticky situation. Let's do this. Someone's trailing quickly, make a rocket or let me fix that or whatever. Because of that, I think a tech is always, um, it, it's always good to put a lot of points into luck because you're going to, you're going to be one of those players that's going to pull that a lot. Um, there's a couple roles where I, where I do recommend luck. Um, on these deep dives, um, but not most. Um, it's one of those where I'm always like, eh, you know, if you want to or not. But with a tech, I do feel luck is an important thing to have because of what a tech is typically doing. And then for me, either or, because you can't spread it too thin on all these stats, right? Either or, reflex or dex, and I lean more towards dex because of evading things while you're fixing shit, just like how I, I always uh, lean towards that with a net runner, because you're kind of stuck in that six meter range. Techs sometimes are stuck in a moment, you know, it might take five minutes to pick that or fix that or do something and shit's going on around you. So I feel like evading things and good decks is important. But I think with every tech you decide that, just like with most roles, decks are reflex. Whatever you're doing, whether it's tech, intellect, luck, all that other shit, cool. But Almost every role typically needs to have a little bit, and not always, a little bit of dex or reflex depending on are you defending yourself and dodging, or at least you can sling a blade or shoot a weapon or whatever. It might You might decide one of those two. Unless you're playing a tech, straight up true, full-on tech style where it's like maybe trends a little like that, where it's like, you know, I have a big wrench, but I'm not worried about weapons as much. I'm more of a creative thinker, and you're going to put most of your stats into that, that, that tech, that intellect, and more of that creative side of shit, you know, that, that's a, but there's my long run on sentences about it, but why don't you uh, explain, what are your, your stats of choice for a tech and options? I have a couple different ones from you. I do think tech, obviously you need tech, all of, you need all of the tech, take all of the tech. You, you, you need that. Um, depending on how you choose to play uh, your tech, you might put intelligence but for me, her second high Trins's second highest stat is um, reflex, um, and that is because the other thing you use reflex for is all of the drive skills. And if you're a mechanic fixing things, you need to know how to drive a car. Especially if you don't have a nomad in your team. Exactly. If you don't have a nomad, you or know, if everyone leans you're on working, the nomad to do all the fucking driving, you know. <laughs> or, or interestingly enough, with the way our team is set up, our nomad frequently acts as a um, solitary sniper. So the main, that's right, that's right. so the main role of driving the rest of the crew yeah. falls to Trins. That's our our so tech. Have, our tech and my weekly ongoing uh, coupler Gonzo here in the chat. He does all the driving for the team. We, we always laugh about that when they have to do long road road trips. He has to do a uh, uh, resist torture and dr drugs check or uh, for to not get hemorrhoids from sitting too long or something along those lines. We always joke. But yeah, exactly. I mean, Trins <laughs> Trins built. She found she got a combat RV. It's great and it's armored even better. But she has upgraded a lot and she's been upgrading it's even better because now we we found the 50 cow so i can put a 50 cow and it's she has painted it black and red and it looks like ba baracus's van from the a-team because she is a fan of ba baracus oh, awesome. um be, but because of that it's like okay so she has very high in, uh 
She has really high tech and really high reflex. Uh, then she's got intelligence, which again, you should really need because you're probably going to need a lot of that deduction, a lot of that understanding, a way to read the room, um, read, you know, can you find out, you know, do you, what, what tools are there in your situation that you can use in the moment? Um, and like, and again, it comes down to like there, you might play how you choose to play your character, your, uh, tech might also influence your stats and i think that's another thing to go back to the life path point is like okay are you tony stark or are you doc brown because tony stark should have some serious points and cool just throwing that out there like oh yeah doc brown maybe not so much yeah and 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 stark's definitely going to have uh when it comes to skills he's going to have that wardrobe and style down you know, he's always going to be looking sharp. <laughs> he's going to look sharp. Yeah. Uh, Whereas Doc Brown's going to have like a negative four in wardrobe and stuff. You know, whatever he's wearing is wrinkled. It's misbuttoned, you know. Like he's just like, oh, God. <laughs> like with messy hair. <laughs> exactly. At the end of the day, you're going to you're gonna think about, you know, each of these things kind of works together in how you build them. It's like there might be some things that you can do that you might not. Um, for like the tech skills... Trins has almost zero skill in first aid. Like, she has the basic required points, too, in there. Because she has to. But her skill at first aid is like, ooh, you're bleeding. There's duct tape and super glue, and that'll hold it until we get to a doctor. Which which works. Let's not, let's not. Exactly. We laugh. It works. Honestly. It works. (laughs) But it will keep you alive. But it is not going to make you better. That's the difference. But at the same time, it's like, oh, you want her to, you know, mess with a car? Yeah, she's going to she's going to look at that car 10 seconds and be like, okay, um, would you like a very big explosion? Because your exhaust pipe is screwed. But if I put this little hose here and this little hose here, I will rewire things and have a big old bomb that we can just kind of roll into someplace. I mean, so she's got that land vehicle tech going. Oh, she has all the vehicle techs. She took all the vehicle techs. And security tech because you can. I was just gonna say some of my most recommended, uh, you know, skills beyond stats. Like I kind of mentioned the skills I like, like deduction, all the tech mm-hmm. skills, all that. But specifically within those techs, I think the mo- some of the most useful for a tech, especially when they have high tech and they can compound that with a great tech skill on top of that and a good D10 roll, is like like you said, electro- ele- electric security um, and pick lock. That sort of stuff uh, can be priceless. So many times does that come in handy as hell. In a campaign, you know, it, it gives the tech almost that not to cross over into like D and D land, but that sort of rogue feel in a sense, where they they almost can uh, bypass, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they can break things in a sense. You know, uh, I love it. But yeah, electric security and uh, pick if, lock definitely important. If you can fix it, you can break it. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And at a certain point, that's like you. you one of the things that I. Like, okay, she she doesn't have any pick lock, but she has electric security, and she... But that's part of, like, what she... And again, this goes back to her character, is who she is. At her core, and I was talking about this with a little bit of other people, is like, she is... Yes, she's an edge runner, but she's a lot closer to what we would call a actual criminal than a lot of people in Night City would be. She ran a chop shop for stolen cars, people. <laughs> yeah. 
she's she's not she's nice and polite and she will smile and fix it for you but she, she classic criminal kind of I stuff was gonna say, but she's still very cyberpunk exactly you know because it's almost not criminal it's just very cyberpunk because it's like you know it, it's that i guess that moral question of like you know what's right and wrong when it comes to survival you know and yeah cy- exactly. cyberpunk pushes those boundaries hard you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I'd love to hear uh, and, also too. Uh, anybody in chat? Because I haven't seen anybody chat about it. But as we're talking about it, um, any outside the box thinking on rec- you know uh, tech uh, recommended skills uh, and stats and things like that? Yeah. I mean, I know we cover everything because we can we can see it from different angles and give examples and lean on the life path. But if anybody thinks of something that we haven't mentioned, by all means, chat it out. And um, and also, I saw Gonzo who plays Coupler or Tech. He says. Uh, when they were going back and forth a bit, I'm not going to say the whole conversation, but he says, yep, also why I haven't had Coupler invest in explosives. Uh, it would be just too easy. And i got to say, yeah, I, I appreciate Coupler not getting too much into explosives because Eric plays Coupler very creative. He's a smart guy, uh, and he invents great things. And I don't know, he's, he's really creative, and it could definitely make things uh, uh, get up to, you know, past level 10 real quick, I believe. I believe it, so... <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the things we did with Trins is Trins again isn't an inventor. Theoretically, if she like she has she has engineering, right? As an education skill. She has engineering and uh chemistry. Not a lot, but enough, you know, kind of basic stuff. And so and she does have demolitions. Uh oh. Theoretically, she could make explosives. But I've only done that. I've never made explosives. I've only repurposed explosives that we were that came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, um, that shit ton of C4 that I took out of a bomb that I disarmed, that Trins disarmed. You know, then that's just you know. There you go. Have it. Use it. Possibly to do something really interesting. If you haven't seen the season one finale of uh, Cyberpunk Red, I recommend figuring out. That will tell you exactly what Trins did with the rest of that shit ton of C4. Nice. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I think is for, and the reason, the other reason I think she should, ha- that Tex should invest more in Reflex over Dex. Or no. Yeah. Yeah, Reflex over Dex. It. it no, it's, uh, here's the thing that's weird. You need a reflex of eight to dodge bullets, but the evasion skill is based on dex. Right. But you need the, you cannot do, you cannot do it unless you have a reflex of eight. Yeah, unless you're doing, and you know, you... martial arts, close combat, you know, someone's trying to you know, fight you uh, hand-to-hand or melee, then it's always yeah. going to be a vague because there's no DD involved based on our, your right. But, but you're so but right. Yeah, but if you're, you're so right. If you're trying to, you know, dodge bullets, that like kind of goes hand-in-hand in, in, in that sense. You know, you have to have the reflex in order to utilize the decks in dodging the range. Great point. Exactly. <laughs> and so you can have, I mean, I don't think you can ferment kibble. Quincy? Yeah, well, you can ferment any anything, probably, right? Or well, no, I guess no. Kibble's probably yeah. so uh, dried out. Kibble doesn't have any sugar. Kibble, kibble has been processed. Processed it out. Yeah, I mean, it's processed basically. to the point its shelf life is like there is yeah. no expiration. What is a Nino gaming? Pfft, who takes martial arts in this game? 
I don't know, maybe somebody who plays a character named Jimenez, yeah. who is, you know, known for introducing the German suplex to this game. Yeah, do, big shout out to to Anino Gaming, uh, who's part of the Wandering Dam, part of Trins' team, and, and there's because we did some crossover, he came and played with our team Nameless, uh, helped them kind of uh, uh, put down the, the meat market, which was doing some uh, uh, people trading, you know? But um, but yeah, real real shout out and props to Anino Gaming the way he plays him and as you know doing creative moves. It's never just like oh, I'm gonna kick him, I'm gonna punch him. It's like okay, I'm gonna kind of leap off the side of this wall into a roundhouse back kick to this side of his head. It's gonna lead to this or like a creative wrestling move because obviously he's the wrestler, you know. But um, but no, I love the way uh, you play uh, Jimenez with the with the creative moves. Very good role playing. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Um, Favorite rock so yeah, boy that- wrestler. Uh, yes, he, Hell yeah. <laughs> he, he, he is a rocker. He and, is our rocker boy officially. You know, what's funny is I, I messaged Anino too a while back. I was like, hey, I'm going to start up this deep dive series. I was like, would you want to come on and do a rocker boy deep dive? He's like, oh, I don't know what I'd be able to add to that series. I think I replied with an LOL or something like, what the hell? Like, I feel like you're really creative with the rocker boy, especially just taking them away from the typical music background that everyone tends to do with a rocker boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he seems like he has a little bit of self-doubt on his, uh, his ability and creative thinking and all that. So I might have to drag him into an episode of Deep Dive, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is me supporting my friends. They oh, should yeah. <laughs> also be a thing. Um, I would also say, like, because of the way, like, a bunch of the tech skills cost, they're a lot for a lot of things. Um, or that you get focused in them. Like, one of the things that I interestingly invested in is I invested for trends in languages. Oh, that's a good idea. And local expert. Because you can't always guarantee that a fixer will be there, and you can't, you know, if you need... Here's here's the other thing. If you're a person who's a techie, odds are you are fixing things and breaking things. And maybe the instruction manual isn't always in the language you speak. So you true. know, could you get a hold of... Oh, you got a hold of this Arasaka vintage munitions but the only person you know your your net runner could only get a hold of the original like original japanese language right. instruction manual <laughs> you know maybe that's the thing that you should think about it's like oh, okay can you communicate with other people because you need to think about that yeah, i, didn't even I think thought that, that was that's really good thinking of you know language very overlooked with skills usually you lean on the fixer usually if you pick it you know you're starting at the beginning you might put a little in that you're like oh i guess i'll know spanish or i'll know um you know japanese or mandarin yeah that's probably typical being at cyberpunk okay but like yeah you don't even think about that but when it comes to you know certain roles a tech more than others is definitely going to run into that more often than than the other roles because like you said whether it be uh instruction manuals or even just like the writing on the side of parts or just researching certain parts that maybe are from foreign things or whatever like that's that's a great point to make uh, gms need to make note of that and kind of incorporate that that creative thinking a little bit of that depth um but uh but yeah i think that's a great point uh text should maybe lean a little bit on languages uh, because of what they do you know Exactly. Oh, and Anino Gaming you... saying also he also got shot for the first time with them when he came over and played with Team Nameless. Yeah, and I think I tuned into your next stream after that when Trins got mad and tried to call Raven to bitch her out for getting her boyfriend shot up or something. And then I told Val, my wife, who plays Raven, 
And she was like, ooh, I'm going to work that into one of our games. I'm going to act like I get the call and be like, who's Trins? Oh, fuck that. I'll call her back or something. And like, I was like, oh, maybe we can get Trins on one of the streams, even if it's just a quick video, just for a quick video chat between Raven and her arguing about getting her boyfriend shot or something. I think that would be a lot of fun. I'm I'm all here for the interconnectivity (laughs) because you can do that in this game. It doesn't... One of the things I love about Cyberpunk is even no matter how high you get... Sorry, I'm going to shatter a lot of illusions for people. You will never get to be Johnny Silverhand in right. Cyberpunk Red. You, you, that, that's a over here kind of thing. You might get real close, but you're gonna. And because of that, you're never gonna do something that's absolutely world breaking, right? Like in D and D, if you get to high level D and D. You might actually, you know, your 20th level character might do something that could legitimately break Faerun. Or, you know, and harm it for everybody else. So each game has to be within its own thing. In Cyberpunk Red, we're not going to do that. Like, we might might get a little bit, you know, your the personal the battles, you know, your 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 night city and and Simon's night city might not be exactly correct because certain corps might be doing more power than others or whatever, but the little stuff is like you're never going to break the world enough that you can't have crossover and say like why are you calling me? It's two o'clock in the morning, and also, hey, I'm not doing that nice job. We did you a nice thing. We helped you with your friends. We got your friends back, and I killed a shit ton of people by running them over with my car, and then you took my boyfriend out and got him shot. What the fuck? You can do a thing like that and just have fun with it. No, exactly. I do feel like, you know, compared to other RPGs, Cyberpunk, even on the higher levels, even though you max out your stats, your skills, you get the cyberware to boost, the drugs to boost, whatever you do to just be the the most intense Cyberpunk character you've invested all the time, all the IP, no matter what, it's still going to be at street level. They're, they're, if, if you're a good GM, you're still going to make it personal. You're not going gonna to keep it Cyberpunk, and there's still going to be bigger corporations, more borged out people than your cyberware, and more... You know, Eventually, it might get old. Eventually, I feel like when you do max out, you might run out of options. or It might just get a little old to always be against the maxes or always walking over people, middle-of-the-road stuff. You know, Maybe if you've been going that long, you've maxed out that much, you can get creative ways to make new characters start over, maybe multi-classing, having fun with it. I mean, hell, uh, David Noir tried it, cost him dearly. I, I will mention that. Spoilers, anybody that watches my, my ongoing monthly one-shots that I do with... Uh, with Steve from Sirenscape and, and uh, Renegade here and uh, uh, Cody's wife, Tarabella Pondsmith. Uh, uh, GM Jack from Cyberpunk Uncensored, he plays the rocker boy David Noir. And just in the last session we did, uh, he died. He passed. He got into a, a fighting cage and got injured so much. And then the team had to leave the, the nomad camp and broke through the, the fencing, which caused whiplash on everybody an extra five points. Then uh, everyone failed the first aid to stabilize him, and he failed his death save. And it was... It was crazy. It was a little bit sad, but shit happens, you know? And that's cyberpunk. It's like I said, it's it's on a street level, it's personal, and it's dangerous. So even when you get up there, it's it's different. It's not like reaching that 20th level in your favorite uh, uh, fantasy RPG, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, way it's, more it's, dangerous. It's way more dangerous. It doesn't matter how powerful you are, you're still human. You can still so die. True. Yeah. Um... Yeah, most and, of, oh, and I saw um, 
Um, who, uh, the, what is it? The real Rysik? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he says, uh, uh, I think you asked, did we go over the rollability or something? Oh, the specialty ranks, I think. Um, yeah, earlier we go over everything. We, we, we went over all the life path um, things, but when it comes to the mechanics and the rollability maker and the options within all that, I have a, I have a completely different uh, video where I do roll uh, ability breakdowns. You can see the crash course tutorial on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube. Um, I cover all the mechanics of Cyberpunk Red. It's up to like, I don't know, 20 something videos or something now uh, just in the crash course alone. But you'll see the, the, uh, the tech uh, rollability maker breakdown and that'll probably give you what you need if that's what you're asking. Yeah, okay, cool, thank you. I guess I answered that question properly. So mm -hmm. I feel good about that one. <laughs> Sometimes you miss shit in chat, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I think we cover the archetypes, the recommended skills and stats. I think y you really helped me as well as hopefully other players think outside the box when it comes to some of those skills and stats. You made some really cool points and creative thinking um, there. Oh, here's another. Let me make sure I don't miss any comment here. Quincy, uh, uh, in the, the Genesis game a couple years ago, my character died because our battalion healer uh, did a critical failure on me. It was an epic scene that we'll remember for a long, a long time. Exactly. I think that's one thing cool about you know any role-playing game. And I mean, it happens in Cyberpunk way more than you know fantasy role-playing games and other ones where it's much easier to just be brought back by a cleric, drink a potion or magic, whatever. Cyberpunk it happens more often than than others. But um, but in any role-playing game, man, when when you have an actual uh, player character die when it when it's a death. It can be memorable. It's 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 epic, you know, because you invest all that time and energy and thought into that into that character. Uh, your teammates have the GM has. It's an avid part of the storyline. Every session, every campaign leading up to that moment. Um, so hopefully, it is memorable. If it's not, uh, maybe you you were playing wrong. It wasn't a fun game or something. You you know, it should definitely be memorable. So that's a great you, point, Quincy. You sh you should be memorable, and I think that's one of the things I love about the Talsorian systems, the interlock system in particular is that the way death exists within all of their worlds, it you can be healed, possibly, but nothing is ever going to be perfect. There are mechanics for way things go wrong. Uh, crit failure, crit success mechanics in these games are so much fun. Yeah, I think you, um, you brought up a good point. Like, healing and that shit does happen. I was wrong. But it can definitely be life-changing because the way it works, like you said, it's like, uh, all right, you're back, but now you have to get, you have to get a cyber arm or leg or eye or thing because that shit was critically injured out of you or off of you. You know, it can be, you, you, it's life-changing, completely changes your character. <laughs> yeah, you know those crit tables, they're fun. You don't just come back and you're back to the way you were prior because of that magic no. or thing, like it's exactly. going to be different. Exactly. Each thing is different. Each thing, is, and and that's going to change how you keep going with the character. And you have to think about these things. And um, some of them are really, really good. And I, I, I love how the the thought that went into them. Yeah, I see um, Nino saying he's killed his own character on purpose before, and that could be theatrical. I think that's part of it. And then Coupler Gonzo joking who plays our, our tech, like I said, he said I've been trying to get Coupler killed, but Rob won't let him. I will say you have played him kind of dangerous at times. They've thrown me a, a curveball, um, and then rolls have played in your favor. Um, but I will also say, don't feel safe, my friend. There are a couple things lurking that you have uh, caused or fucked up or done where it's, man, it's just the, the right dice, the right location, the right opportunity, the, the wrong thing maybe on your side, the right on mine. Um, 
I'll kill Coupler. Don't worry. <laughs> Welcome That's to Cyberpunk. So um, but I, no. I would like to say that I would like to say an answer to Nino's point. It's like I that was actually he killed a character in a game I ran. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, in a game I ran for. Um, uh, it was a. It was a. Very interesting game of um, uh, Peninsular War and um, interesting mechanics, but it, it's a very interesting type of game. Not the not a Telsorian, but a lot uh, of fun that I did. Nice, yeah. And Re- Renegade just reminded me, says that was totally David Noir losing a limb each session, um, because yeah, before you know he died in this last one shot, but in prior ones he lost a hand. Um, then he lost another, his other hand because the critical injuries kept falling on that. And I even joked, like, because he's a rocker boy, a performer. I said, what are you uh, trying to be, uh, uh, not Johnny Silver Hand, but Johnny Silver Hands, plural? Because uh, he had both of them lost and replaced both of them. He's like, no, I'm trying to be Johnny Silver Man. Like, he wants to replace everything. Like, he's just living it dangerous, you know. But, hey, it ended up uh, costing him his life. But he played that rocker boy right. You know, he role-played it the way that it should have been. He played him cocky and crazy, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, see, you got to play your characters who they're supposed to be, and then you got to make sure that you understand. Like, sometimes there are things that are going to happen. Like, you know, some people get shot, and that was not cool. I kept getting shh, that Trins kept getting shot. So, you know, she actually invested in armor eventually, or an eventually, you know. <laughs> and... Yeah. You know, like the first session, she's the one who gets shot, and she's under, but she's bleeding out underneath their van to to take cover. It is like clapping as uh, Jimenez to German German suplex a guy and kills him that way. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, and I see. Uh, yeah. Renegade says you did tell us on Discord. Renegade plays Gato the Fixer in in that monthly ongoing I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Because you did tell us in Discord you were planning to kill us, and if we had sent that code a couple seconds earlier, you would have killed us. And it's because they they had a briefcase of money they were paying a nomad uh, leader, and once they made the payment, got the code, they're supposed to send the code uh, to this number to David Ling Po, who you know is very dangerous and exec, but runs the triad and such. But the second to let Don't him, piss him off. That, that he got the code. But once they bought it, they sent the code. But the code really triggered the bomb, which killed the nomad leader, which Ling Po was trying to have them do, you know, or did. But uh, but that's one thing I told them because they were debating on taking some of the money, not spending it all, gambling, different things. And I was like thinking in my head, man, I wonder if they're going to take the money out of the briefcase, you know, pay the guy, keep the cool briefcase, which is going to explode or do something where they don't pay the guy or half. And I'm like. I guess we'll see, and if the bomb goes off, maybe some of them are going to die, you know. But David Noir ended up dying from the, the fight and then the whiplash anyways. But it is funny uh, when shit like that happens, um, and I feel that's an important thing for a GM. you gotta, you got to somewhat stick to your guns to keep it cyberpunk in that sense. You don't want to fudge things and turn it all of a sudden to fantasy. You know, if players do things that leans them into that danger zone, like fucking reciprocate, you know, there's going to be repercussions to actions. It's not all rewards, you know. So you got to play it real. Um, and, and, you know, they got out of it. They, they killed the guy, they escaped and it was dangerous as hell. But, um, but yeah, they didn't, they didn't get killed, but I did tell them like that was, it was making me sweat a little. They were the way they were acting with that briefcase. I was worried they were going to keep it or be in the room when they sent the code could have been crazy. Um, but yeah, Coupler has taken the least amount of damage among the team. That's true. Yeah. He's been pretty tactful. Uh, but you know, the solo has been up front. Hollow's taking quite a bit of damage. Our med tech, lots of poison arrows. But hey, before we start talking about all the rolls, let me take it back and just say we covered everything tech. We went over all the life path stuff. We went over the archetypes, recommended stats and skills. We even talked about options of inventing and creative thinking. I thought trends really um, 
shed a lot of great uh, thoughts and, and light onto uh, creative thinking as far as being a tech. Hopefully, uh, watching this, everybody got some good tips and ideas to play the best possible tech that you can. Hopefully, also, GM's got some ideas here to make an even better game for your tech players in your campaigns, you know? Um, if this was helpful, please subscribe, follow to Cyberpunk Uncensored on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, give the video a share, a like. Uh, check us out everywhere online. Cyberpunk Uncensored is doing a lot of things. Like I said, I've got Crash Course tutorials. We've got a Discord community with gameplay, custom stream sheets, lots of free assets. If you go to cyberpunkuncensored.com, you'll see on our blog all kinds of cool shit like fillable character sheets, NPC sheets, uh, cyber deck sheets, and uh, uh, adventure campaign sheets, the GM report card, all kinds of cool assets. So we're just doing so much. I'd love you to subscribe and join us. Also, check out the Patreon. I have lots of really cool options there. People have been jumping on that lately. Um, yeah, and PWB, uh, who is uh, Ferris Bueller in our Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord, is heading up the Scream Sheet project. So if you join up there, hit him up if you want to contribute stories and ideas and be part of that. Um, yeah, I think I, I covered everything. I'd like uh, UD or trends, however you want to do it, or as both. Uh, I'd like you to, once again, give a little breakdown. Let everybody know what you have going on, what you ha what's coming up, where people can Ooh. find you. Um, you know, where give yourself you... a plug. All the, all the fun stuff? Okay, yeah. well, I'll... Uh, hey, all. Uh, you know me. I'm at Dirigitamlin on Twitter, or Praxagorathesmiophory, as you see me around on Twitch and here in the chat tonight. Um, as for me, you can find me on my channel on Wednesdays uh, for another wonderful Talsorian project. We're doing, um, I'm running a very um, intimate, in the, in the sense that it's a very close game of um, Witcher, set in the golden age of Witcher. Um, and when we talk about critical damage and death, welcome to Talsorian games. Um <laughs> that can do a lot of things uh, and do a lot of damage there. Uh, then on Fridays, I'm over on Wandering DM and I get to play your friendly neighborhood Trins who will make it go to 11 and also make everything better if you let her. Honestly, like these people won't let her fix things. It's very <laughs> upsetting. Um, for some Cyberpunk Red, uh, we're, we're getting some, oh, excuse me, 8.30, 8.30. Um, and also if you missed last week we did something really kind of interesting a little fun um uh a couple of us took over the reins of the stream uh and we did uh some tales from the plex just kind of you know kind of a you know drink night kind of conversation between a bunch of the characters you know kind of look at a little of their backstory a little bit of who they are but also a little bit of you know improv and where they are in the plot in just kind of a nice no mechanics, just shooting the shit kind of night. Nice. And then um, on Sundays, you can also find me over on my channel for uh, a non-Telsorian game. I know, shock, I do play them. <laughs> um, Romance of you. the Blue... Yeah, I know. Romance of the Blue Rose, which is a Green Ronin um, stream of Green... A stream of Green Ronin publishers' uh, Blue Rose uh, age system campaign. Um, it's a lot of fun. I recommend it. Uh, I also, uh, also, uh, appreciate that renegade for your number that I am your number that trends is the number one tech. Yeah, she totally says, so it. Sorry, Gonzo. Uh, I guess coupler's his number two. 
Uh, but other than that, I post everything I do on Twitter. Oh, you can find me there. I talk about games. I talk about classics. I talk about a lot of things. I So, you know, check me out there. Yeah, and anybody watching, um, you know, when we get off here, um, make sure do you, you give me any of the links you want me to post. Um, I'll put all the links in the description. So anybody checking out the VOD on the YouTube and such, um, you'll be able to go to the description, see all the links of everything that I've been mentioning, she's been mentioning, and um, definitely check it all out. Uh, you know, give some support. Uh, we stream, we play, we GM, we do this because we love it. Um, but it's way more validating when we get your support and your interaction. When you sit there and like and comment and share. Um, I don't know. It's just it's very motivating. I know I, I'm way more motivated to just create creative uh, cyberpunk series and ideas and more interviews and gameplay when I see more people interacting and liking it and actually sharing or supporting my Patreon or whatever. I mean, just a simple like and share goes a long way. So check out the links. Um, go check out everything that D has going on. Um, and definitely look up Wandering DM. Tune in sometime and check out their gameplay uh, and see trends in action. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I try to I try to tune in whenever I whenever I can whenever I'm around and available. Um, other than that, yeah. Once again, thanks everybody for tuning into the live stream. Thanks so much, D, for joining me. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll see everybody next time. Take care. <laughs>